The following audio is from First Baptist Church of Conyers. More information about First Baptist Conyers is available at firstconyers.com. This last year we know has been an odd year, has been a crazy year. And for the last eight months or so, we've spent some time, uh, it seems like the normal response I hear, well, because of COVID, I can't. Are you tired of hearing because of COVID, I can't? Yeah. And, and, and I know there's some legitimate things to that. I understand. And I'm not making any criticism to those that, that have legitimate cause and reason to be concerned. None whatsoever. But the question that I began to ask myself back in August or so in relation to my life and in relation to the body of Christ is what can I do in spite of COVID? You see, that's a mindset shift, isn't it? Legitimately, we have great concerns. COVID hit and we said we can't because of COVID. But can I propose to you that The attitude that you and I should have as the body of Christ, as it relates to the mission that God has called us to, is what can I do in the midst of COVID? Are you with me? What can we do as a body of Christ that have been called and given the command by Jesus in Matthew chapter 28 and repeated in every other gospel and in the Acts as well? What can we do in spite of COVID? And I think there are some things because we know that we can't continue to sit on our laurels. Amen? Some of us like sitting on our laurels, and some of us can use this just as an excuse to sit on our laurels. But let me tell you this. I'm not sure that Jesus put any conditions when he gave the Great Commission. This morning, I want to restate the mission that we have here at First Conyers. It's was introduced about three and a half years ago to us that we simply stated that we as a church, we exist that we might display God's grace to all people with a responsibility to win a person to Jesus Christ, to make a disciple out of that person in Jesus Christ, and to send that person for Jesus Christ. We took all of our activities, we took our budget, and we said everything has to line up within these three because that is the mission that Jesus gave to us, and it has not changed in over 2,000 years. He said, go and make disciples. And so we have as our mission statement to win a person to Jesus, disciple a person Jesus, and send a person for Jesus. Let me go back to that first part of the statement. We say that we exist to displace the grace of God to all people. Someone might ask the question, well, how do I display the grace of God? Let me ask you a question. How does God display his grace in your life? The fact is, is that when you were saved, when he drew you to him, he displayed his grace in that there was absolutely nothing that you or I could do to be saved, and it was purely by his grace that he saved us. And can I clue you in on something? Grace did not stop at the cross. That we live and breathe and move and have our being all because of the grace of God. 
And so we desire that the same grace that God exhibits in our life, that He would use us, that everywhere that we are, whether we be in our job, whether we be here in the body of Christ, whether we be in our school, our vocation, in our place of play, that we would have in mind, God, as you are demonstrating your grace in my life, God, help me to demonstrate your grace in those lives that I contact with every day. And that includes social media. Amen or oh my? We say that we want to display God's grace to all people. That all people means, you want to hear the complex explanation of all people? You know what all people means? All people. Regardless of their ethnicity, regardless of their race, regardless of their socioeconomic standing in in society, regardless of which side of the aisle they may sit on, whether it's red or blue. Oh, wait a minute. Display God's grace. Jesus did not put a condition on the great command, the great commandment to love God with all your heart and to love your neighbor as yourself. He didn't put conditions on the Great Commission. Only make disciples of those who think like you think. God has purposed in this era, in this time, this dispensation that he uses the church the body of Christ, that we might be instruments of His, that we would display His grace to all people so that others might come to know Jesus Christ. We recognize that that we have been saved by grace. God's grace has changed our lives. There's not a one of us in this room that can take any credit for any transformation or change that has come about in our lives. It's all been by the grace of God. He will not only continue to change our life in this time, but it's His grace that will keep us to the very end on that day in which we check in, if you will, when you hit home plate, that His grace is going to carry you on to glory for all of eternity. It's by His grace. And we want to display that grace to all people, regardless of their ethnicity, regardless of their race, regardless of their socioeconomic, regardless of their party affiliation, regardless of their gender, and even if they seem to be confused about their gender, right? God saved us when we were so far removed from him that there was no hope, but it was by his grace that he saved us all. You realize this, that God loves you indiscriminately. Remember one time when I was asked if I was a Christian because I wore a cross. I think I've told this story before, but I like hearing myself tell the story. To Jim on base where I was working out, and there was a girl there that worked the counter, and I kept wanting her to go out with me, to go on a date with me. And I asked her a number of times, and she refused me. So one day she sees my cross, and she says that I used to wear on my neck. And she said, are you a Christian? And I thought, well, I'm Southern, I'm white, and I grew up in a Baptist church. Yeah, I'm a Christian, right? I was so far from Jesus, I can't even tell you how far I was from him. But by God's grace, he pierced through all of that and he saved me indiscriminately. Jesus saved me and indiscriminately, he saved you. 
Y'all got to wake up this morning. And I know there was no late game anybody watched last night. He saved you by His grace. And He wants us to demonstrate His grace to others so that they might know Him. Our prayer here at First Conyers is that, that God by His grace, God by His mercy, God by His will, He would cause First Conyers to reflect the community that we're made up of here in Rockdale County and surrounding counties. We, we've taken some initial steps, some intentional steps to do that because we don't believe that it would be in God's plan that the culture and the demographics would change in our county. We would sell to the highest bidder and we'd move further out so that we can just be with our kind. Can I hear an amen to that? One of the things that I'm grateful for that took place in this church five years ago is before I was pastoring, I was a member here we had the property down in South County and, and Nueva Vida, the Spanish congregation, was meeting there. And that property was going to be sold by the New York Foundation and to another uh, congregation that was going to begin meeting there. And so Nueva Vida, led by uh, Pastor Adrian, they're meeting right now in the gym. They needed a place to land. They needed a place to worship. They needed a place to minister. And the hearts of the people of First Conyers graciously opened our facility and welcomed them here to where they are a part of us. Can you say thank God for that? Now, there's some strategy in that because you realize the fastest growing demographic in our area is still the Hispanic culture. And we have one of the strongest Hispanic congregations in all of our association meeting right here in our church every year. And Lord willing, by January, Doug, write that down. By January, what we've been looking forward to is that we're going to finish that vacant space upstairs that has 27 years of junk piled in it. And we're going to make a worship center out of that place for our Spanish congregation. You see, that's a part of this that, that we desire. We don't believe that the kingdom of God is limited, but that God said, go and make disciples of all nations. That word there is ethnos, it's people group, those who speak a different language, etc. One thing I'm excited about, mark this on your calendar, this is an advertisement, this is an announcement, but it sounds better in the sermon. November the 15th at 5 p.m., here in this room, we have the honor and the privilege of ordaining Pastor Adrian into the gospel ministry. Isn't that exciting? Somebody says, well, he's been doing it. Yeah, he's been doing it, and he's shown evidence of it, and we are ordaining him as a pastor. I encourage you to be here, to be a part of that. We see this first part of our vision, our mission statement, is to win a person to Jesus. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 16, verse 15. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all nations. Sadly, some of the events of COVID-19 have prevented us from doing many of those trips that we had planned into other parts of the world, but it caused me to reflect on the question, what are we doing right here in our Jerusalem, and what can we do in the midst of COVID? There are some things we can't do, but there are some things that we can do right now, and there's no reason that we shouldn't. We have to remember that none of us can really win a person to Jesus right? That it's God who draws. Jesus said in John chapter 6, verse 44, no man comes to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. 
You see, that doctrine of total depravity teaches us that we are so depraved, we are so far separated from God that unless God draws an individual to them, they cannot be saved. God draws, we share the gospel, we share with them. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth and we are God's fellow workers. So we've got to pray and depend on God to draw others to him We've got to be faithful to share that gospel message so that they might respond to that. And lastly, they may be saved. Not a person can save themselves. Only God can save. And so we pray. We pray, God, use me. I, can, I, can I encourage you to make this simple prayer happen in your life every single day? When you have your quiet time with him, whatever time that is, I hope you do. But make a prayer, a very simple prayer. God, would you use me today in somebody's life in some way who does not know Jesus? And can I tell you something? God answers prayer. That if we pray, if we have a desire that God would use us, and somebody says, you know, I'm not good at that. No, you, 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 you are good at that because you can tell the story how once you were lost, you were blind, but now I'm saved because Jesus opened my eyes. And you let the Holy Spirit work in that to draw that person. You be faithful as God gives opportunity that we might share with somebody our story. Invite them. Bring them. There are a lot of people today that are looking for churches that are open for services. Thank God that we're able to do that. We do that cautiously. But you never know. Don't let COVID be the reason that you don't invite someone to engage in the worship service. And it can be that if they're not able to come physically, that you send them, you share with them, you post in that Facebook, as some of you do. I hope you're watching the service online and you're not playing a game on your iPhone, right? But share that with others so that we never know how God will use that. I've been encouraged that in the last three months, and somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but I think even in the midst of COVID in the last three months, we've been able to see eight individuals make a profession of faith and be baptized as that act of obedience in the midst of COVID. Amen? Now, you know, I'm not a numbers guy. I don't sit there and track, but there's an indication in that. The indication is there have been some in our body that have been encouraging others, inviting others, sharing with them and their location, and they've come and they've committed their life to Christ, and now they're following daily, daily obedience. Let me encourage you. Every day we do the daily devotion and the Psalms. This next week it's really going to be special. I'm on vacation, and you get a real vocalist. Zach is going to be leading us in our daily in the Psalms this week. But one way you can do that is share that with others. One of the reasons that we initiated is that, that was not only to help keep the body connected, but it might be a means that others might hear the Word of God and the Holy Spirit would work in their life. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and that of the Word of God. And we never know. The Word of God will not return void. You see, there's power in the Word of God. It's not black ink on white paper. But it's God-breathed. It's God's very Word. There's something about the Word of God that is like no other book that's ever been written. 
There's a power to it, and we depend on the Word of God in that. One thing that I'm so excited about coming up that's, that's come out of our, uh, our Better Man that we're doing on Wednesday nights is that we're going to be having a What's at Stake dinner, January 21st. That's a Thursday evening, I think it's 6 p.m., and man, this is not an event that we're looking for that, that men can come and say, hallelujah, we had a good time. You'll have a good time. You'll have a good steak. But what we're looking for are two men that will partner together and say, I'm going to invite three other men. Each man invite three other men who may be unchurched or who may not know Christ to invite them to enjoy a good meal so that that might be an on-ramp to the next step that they might become disciples, followers of Jesus Christ. Secondly, in our mission, we say that we want to disciple a person in Jesus to Repeat what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28. He said, therefore, go and make disciples. A disciple is one who not only just claims to know Jesus, but has made it a mark that they're going to grow and they're going to follow Jesus. Paul put it this way. He says, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Jesus said in Mark chapter 1, verse 17, follow me, that, that's to you and I, that we should live our lives daily following Jesus, not just quoting WWJD. There's a fallacy in that. The fallacy in that, it leads us to think, okay, in our reasoning, what would Jesus do? It doesn't matter what I think Jesus would do. What matters is we look in the Gospels to see what Jesus did, Right? And Jesus said, follow me and I will make. There's that transformative process that takes place in our lives. We call it sanctification. But it's where he grows us that we might become more like Christ, but it only comes if we diligently follow him, seek after him, have a desire to be changed and transformed. And then he says, if you follow me, I will make you become fishers of men. Here's my question. Can we say, can I say that I'm really following Jesus if I'm not fishing? And if I'm not making disciples. You see, discipleship takes place in many contexts. And, and right now there's a lot of pontification in the church world about what constitutes discipleship. Can I tell you something? I'm tired of reading what theologians and church practitioners have practically said this is what makes discipleship. One says this is it. The other one says this is it. The other one says that is it. My question is, I don't care how you do it, are you making a disciple? Right? I was encouraged last week. I had, uh, many of you know Frank Gilbert in our church body. Uh, Frank had a couple of guys that invested in his life in discipleship. Glenn Dyer is one of them. Myself was the other. And, and, and for really a couple of three years. We've been pouring into him. And th this last year before COVID hit, there was a man that happened to be at his table in the men's Bible study on Tuesday mornings who had been a churched man. He was a culturally churched man, but it was pretty evident that he had never come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. You see, we have folks here that are church men that are church women, 
but have never come into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. He began to identify that, began to meet with him on a weekly basis and take him through the Gospel of Mark discipleship plan that we use here. And in the process of that, this man made a decision and he responded to the gospel and he trusted Christ. Amen? You're going to hear more of the story in a few weeks. But what I love that, you see the perfect example of discipling, pouring into one, explaining to them that, listen, this has been poured into you. Now, Jesus has called you to go and make a disciple. And he goes and he finds another one. He's discipling him. And that man is making decision now as to what day he's going to be baptized and make a public profession of Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. This last year, we had some things that, that took place that, that kept us from, from, from going, if you will because of COVID, but I want to share with you a couple of things that have continued on in this last part of the send a person for Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 1-8, Jesus said this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And there are a number of things that we had to seek counsel. We were planning to be with our 25 students in Nicaragua in May to begin the instruction there as we're training these pastors, and COVID shut that down. Well, I'm happy to announce today that on the 18th of November, we're able to go, and Harold's going to be heading down to Nicaragua, and he's going to be actually by himself. When he asked Iva he could go, if she could go, she said, are you going to be by yourself? And he said, yeah. She said, yeah. <laughs> no, that's a joke. <laughs> but I want you to pray for Harold. You as a church, we took an initiative that we sent $10,000 at the beginning of last year so that we can help build and construct facilities there for the pastors when they come in for training and COVID shut all that down. And so we're praying that that God would continue to open means that even in the midst of COVID, that these pastors continue to be training. And can I tell you something exciting? Although that we couldn't come, some of the other Nicaraguan pastors who have gone through the training began to take up the mantle, and they're continuing to train those 25 men where they meet together monthly for a week at a time to be trained. Yesterday, how many of you remember Booker Banda that was here from Malawi? You'll remember the come to Malawi, right? You don't remember anything else in the sermon, but come to Malawi. We made a commitment last year to help him with 25 students that were there in Malawi uh, to help provide food and those types of things so that they could meet. This last week, I got uh, some correspondence from Booker asking me to pray for him. I want to share that with you in a couple of weeks. But the prayer was Malawi is in, is in grave situation. The famine year, the famine usually begins in Malawi sometime around the first of the year. But, but because of COVID, it shut down the country. And, and there is a great amount of individuals now where they're just literally starving to death in Malawi. We're going to do something as a church to help them. We can't go. There were a number of us that were supposed to be there this month for the graduation that took place tomorrow, but the only recollection we have of the graduation is a picture that we have right here. That's not a great picture, but can you see that? Can we thank God for those 25 pastors now who've been trained? You see, 
What can we do in the midst of COVID? It's not we can't do. What can we do in the midst of COVID? I'll wrap up with this. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. Church, would you begin an earnest prayer that you would begin to pray Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20? That God, even in the midst of COVID, God, even in the midst of whatever might be there, that God, you would do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power, your power that's at work within us. I'll be honest with you. There are two sides of the coin to the sending part. The first part of that is that it is very exciting to see people sent. Amen? It's exciting to see a guy, a lady, come to Christ and be discipled and now go to make another disciple. But on the other side of that coin is sometimes heartbreak because it means we let go of people that God is sending away. Thank you for listening to audio from First Baptist Church of Conyers, located in Conyers, Georgia. For more information about First Baptist Conyers, please visit us online at firstconyers.com.